Hey guys, this is Sarah from Engage Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast today. Subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes so you'll get sermons as we upload them. We would love for you to leave comments and like our podcasts in iTunes as well. If you have any more questions or want more info about Engage Church, check out our website at engagechurchdeluth.com. Enjoy. Glad to have you. I tell you it's Engaged Church because you never know. You might have come in here for thinking there was breakfast at the restaurant or something like that. But just wanted to say hi. Want to welcome everybody on Facebook Live here this morning that's watching in. Thank you. Uh, we have people all over the country watching. And, uh, and it's just incredible. Technology is an awesome thing. If you have your phone, you like us on Facebook, go ahead and share the Facebook Live feed. That just helps us kind of spread the word. And, and uh, we would love you to do that and sharing that with you. Um, yeah, this morning, you know, a lot of times on Sunday morning, I typically just kind of hang out behind the curtain. There's a big green room back here. It's like lots of food and buffet, and uh, I'm just kidding. It's actually uh, not like that at all. But um, I usually kind of hang out in the back and just pray and things like that. But, you know, I got a chance to come out here and, and do some uh, worshiping with you guys, singing, and, and uh, it was an awesome thing. And I don't know, guys, like, I, I know I say this a lot, but I really just like this church. I like you guys. I like, um, I like coming here. I like being here. Now, you, you guys scare me every single Sunday because there's, like, three of you here at 10 o'clock, and then all of a sudden, you know, 10.05, we finally have, like, a crowd booming in here, and that's great. But I love you guys, and I love that about you. So uh, just thanks for being here. Um, there's so many uh, just incredible stories that I, I, I get to hear of, of this church, and not, not it's a place, but the people here impacting others, and their lives are, are changing, they feel encouraged, um, or they're just having some time with prayer with each other, and that's just incredible. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. The reason that Engaged Church exists is so that we can connect people with God and connect people with the church family, because we believe that you go to God for forgiveness, and we confess and share with one another for healing. And I just believe that we're a culture, we're a people that need a lot of healing, amen? I mean, I know I do. And so I love this church. I'm just glad to be with you guys here this morning. So, um, yeah, we're starting into a new series. Um, we finished up a, a series uh, last week, and, and we're coming into a series. This series is What Keeps You Up at Night. We're going to be talking about what keeps you up at night. And, and I think that uh, many of us would have different different things that keeps us rolling around in bed and just whatever that might be. I mean, maybe some of us, it's fear, right? Maybe for some of us, it's just things going on in our family, that it's just difficult things. It's, it's, it's a place that you never really thought you'd be. It's, it's um, a situation you never thought you'd be in. Whatever that is, it's just keeping you up at night. Some of us, it's school. I know there's students in here, and, and uh, I don't know if you guys are on winter break yet or whatever that is, but I know that exams and things like that can be very stressful, um, keep you up at night. Some of us, it's worry. You know, we just, we just worry about everything, you know, like it, it just whatever it is. There's just a lot of worry in our lives, a lot of anxiety. Maybe it's anger. Some of us, it's too much to do. Whatever that is, it's where we're going to be going the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about, uh, today we're going to talk about conflict. And let me ask you this question. I mean, have you ever lost sleep over disagreement or harsh words? I mean, I know I have, right? I think most of us have. And why? Because conflict and criticism, it's just hard to handle. It's uncomfortable. 
And it's uncomfortable because most of us, we just don't really know how to deal with it. We don't know how to handle it. We're not sure how to respond to it. And it throws us off. The thing about conflict and criticism is it's everywhere. You know, we turn on the news and, and if, you know, if, if they think a, a, a certain way or, or we think differently, there's kind of conflict there. You feel like, oh, man, I don't, I don't fit in with that type of thinking. You know, back when we were voting for city officials, you know, there's conflict there. Like, I chose this person, you chose that person. You know, there's all kinds of conflict there. It doesn't really stop there. I told you I've been talking to a lot of you. I was, I was talking to somebody, and they're having um, a custody conflict. And, you know, his ex is wanting to, like, leave town and, and wants the kids, and he doesn't want to leave town. And, and so now that they just can't really resolve that, so the courts are getting involved, and, like, there's just conflict, right? Like, that would keep you up at night. It doesn't stop there. I heard a new term the other day. Um, my kids are still pretty young, but they bring home things once in a while. This wasn't from them. It was from a teen. But I heard this thing called Twitter beef. Twitter beef. I, uh, I've never heard of that in my life. Um, but there it is. Apparently, you can get in conflicts like on Twitter, and I think we see that um, often anyhow, but, but there's a new term that I learned anyhow is Twitter beef. First of all, I didn't even know we use the term beef anymore. Like, I got a beef with that person, but apparently we got Twitter beef and social media beef. Um, there's be, there's uh, conflict in our relationships. You know, that's a heavy, heavy thing. It's not just about uh, uh, marriage and, and the... And the um, uncertainties there and, and trying to work towards oneness with a partner, but some of us are, are uh, you know, courting, if you will, or, or we're, we're engaged or we're dating, whatever you call that, and we're trying to stay, you know, pure or trying to live that. There's conflict there. Some, some of you have different views and things like that. So there's just conflict everywhere is my point. I hope you guys kind of got that in the first five minutes here. Conflict, criticism, it's all around us. We deal with it. You deal with it in some way, shape, or form. And today, what I want to talk about is how we can respond in a godly way to both conflict and criticism for the ultimate goal that we can live at peace with one another. Thank you, Mom, for texting me. I'm preaching like I do every Sunday, but that's okay. Um, I should have put that on silent. No. Um, I love my mom, by the way. Uh, So... Back to the sermon now that I was totally squirrel moment there. Um, so we, we, you know, today I want to talk about how we respond in a godly way to both conflict, criticism, and the ultimate goal there is not just so that, you know, we can have peace. Yes, that is, but, but how we can live in peace with one another. I mean, that's ultimately where we want to get. And, and so we need to start with a question, how do we deal with conflict? How do people deal with conflict? And in many ways, there's, there's many, but I, uh, I have to be honest with you, there's, there's some sermons that are very interesting as I'm putting them together and preparing, because they just kind of, boom, they hit me like right in the gut. And I was thinking about this this morning when I was up praying, I was going to be like, nah, I'm going to kind of play this one cool and, and not be so transparent like I like to be. But I got to be honest with you, the next three things I'm going to talk about, I realize are huge in my life or were at one time on how I deal with conflict and, and uh, criticism. And it's just a real thing. It's, this, is a, this is a sermon that I felt like I was preaching to myself. So I'm just saying, you are not alone today. This is a, this is a struggle. The struggle's real. And so how do we deal with conflict? There's really three ways. One is um, some of us are avoiders. Um, we, we just tend to say we're not going to deal with it. 
I mean, I've been in this spot in my life. Like, I'm not going to deal with this. You're, you're passive. Maybe you do the silent treatment. Oh, that one's the worst when it's happening to you. You know, the little, like, I'm not going to talk to you thing. So, like, the silent treatment. And your idea is, like, I just don't have time with this. I don't want to deal with this. I am going to put this off because maybe time will just make this thing go away. And that is a whole sermon in itself. That We, we know that that does not happen, Right? And then some of us, so, so I've been there. I've been that avoider. I couldn't write these things without me kind of looking in the mirror. Some of us are spewers. Oh, yes. Like, it is like the loudest person wins, right? And I can be pretty loud. My two-year-old's got me definitely beat in that area right now. But I can be pretty loud. Like, when it comes to conflict, it's like the loudest person wins. And I'm going to go on this rant. I'm not going to let you get a word in. I'm not, you know... I'm going to just kind of get that out there. I see a lot of you smiling this morning. This is, this is good. That means I'm not alone. We just have to rant and rave, the spewers, right? That's how we handle conflict. And then we have the worriers, you know, the ones that when it comes to conflict, it's like it hasn't even happened yet, but you're worried. It's like, you know, oh, do you think when I said that, that upset her, and, you know, she hasn't texted in five minutes, and does that mean that, you know, and, uh, and you're just kind of like worried about everything, like, like something's going to happen, or, or you're going to be criticized, or there's going to be conflict that comes up. And what's really interesting about this is I did a little uh, looking into this, and it's actually, I encourage you guys to go on the web and, and just put in, like, stress and conflict and, and like look at some of that stuff. I mean, it is crazy, the science behind this. There's tons of stuff out there. It really is. It's like, because it, it's very much like a health thing. And so conf, uh, what I saw is that conflict-related stress is one of the number one causes of sickness. Conflict-related stress is, no, is one of the number one causes of sickness. Are you stressed out in conflict? I mean, it, it could show in your health. There was a study done by um, Ohio State College um, of Medicine. And what they did is they took a number of newlyweds. And they would, they'd sat them down. And this is kind of weird when I tell you this, but it's, it all makes sense here in the end. They sat them down and they presented them with, um, with topics that would maybe bring conflict up. Like, household chores or financial issues, how you're going to raise your kids, if you're going to have kids, where you're going to live, these kind of things. And while they were asking them those questions, they were drawing blood from them. I know that's where it gets kind of weird, but hey, it's science, so whatever. So they're drawing blood from them. And as these couples would start to get into conflict, the study was showing that in their blood, their immune system was weakening. So as conflict would come in, like this, this was like a real study they did, is as conflict would come into their emotions, whether they were avoiding, spewing, or worrying, that their immune system would start to slow down, weaken. It would hurt their immune system. And there's, there's other studies out there that they did where um, I didn't read up on this one as much, but they took couples that have been married for 30-plus years and, um, and they, they kind of asked them questions about the conflict throughout their life. And if they were, like, high conflict, there was higher um, percentage of, like, heart disease and things like that. I mean, just really interesting stuff. And you guys can go see that for yourself. But the, the point is, is that it doesn't just hurt our spiritual being. It hurts our physical being when we're in conflict and we're worrying. And so that's really, like... What I want to say is, why would this be something that we talk about on a Sunday morning? Because we want to talk about our faith, our trust in God here at Engage, and we want to look at that, you know, kind of head on 
and give practical ways of that we can be healthier. I mean, this is not about coming and just sitting and hearing a message. This is about moving forward because God loves you right where you are. If you feel like you're the biggest sinner in the world and the darkest place that you've ever been, trust me when I say God loves you right now, right where you are. But God is not a God that wants to leave you where you are. He wants you to grow. He wants you to move forward. He wants your faith to continue to move forward and trust him even more. So this is a very big deal to God. No wonder scripture has written all over it that, that he wants us to get along. He wants us to be united because he understands when conflicts there, not only your spiritual life gets hurt, but your physical being as well. And he cares about that deeply. He showed that when he fed 5,000 people because their bellies were hungry and he just wanted to, to do something for them. He cares about our physical being. He cares about our spiritual being. This is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. So how can we resolve conflict well? And that's really where I want to uh, continue to go today. And we're going to read through some scriptures and, and uh, move forward and give, give kind of like three ways that we maybe can do that. And the first one here that, uh, that we kind of come up uh, with in the Bible is, if possible, live at peace with everyone. Well, yeah, I know that sounds like easier said than done, right? If possible, live at peace with everyone. And Romans 12 is what we're going to be reading out of. There's like three um, things in Romans here that kind of show us how we can deal with conflict. But I want to encourage you guys, if you've never read Romans 12 and if you have 20 times, this week, open your Bibles up, get Bible.is, get the YouVersion app, whatever that is, and, and read Romans 12, the entire chapter. Just read Romans 12. It is such a good chapter. It's, it's so good for this, and, it, and it's a great one. But here it says in, in Romans 12, 18, it says, If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. So our first way to dealing with conflict is living at peace. Now, now that's almost word for word what I just said, but what this is really saying in Romans is it's saying, you know, do your part. Do your part in keeping the peace. Do whatever you can to avoid, or uh, to maybe um, uh, avoid conflict. To stay away from that. Do whatever you can to help that situation out. And the three things that we just said, the avoider, the spewer, and the worrier. Avoiding conflict is not doing your part to help conflict. Spewing and ranting is not doing your part to help that conflict out in response. And worrying about it definitely isn't either. Simple ways like this, and doing your part, it's like maybe, maybe some of us just need to get a little bit better at something super simple. Just saying I'm sorry. Just simply saying I'm sorry. Think about it. When's the last time you apologized to somebody? When's the last time you walked up to a coworker and you apologized and said, you know what? I know that was actually really your fault, like it was all you, it was totally your fault, but I'm just going to be the bigger person. No, <laughs> that's not how we want to apologize. You guys are awake, okay, that's good. But when's the last time you, like, you walked up to a coworker and you're like, you know what, we kind of butted heads yesterday and I just wasn't feeling good about that. I just wanted to say, I apologize for whatever part I played in that and, and I, I don't want that to happen again. Or, or husbands and wives, when's the last time you looked at your, your spouse in the eye and you said, you know what? there's a whirlwind of stuff going on right now. Life's crazy. We have kids and there's financial stuff and still lots of money away from being a millionaire. And 
I just want to look in the eyes and like, I don't even know what particular thing to say sorry about, but I am. I just want to start to resolve some things between us. When's the last time that happened? Or, or teens, kids, whoever, when's the last time you just looked at mom and dad and you said, you know what? I don't understand half of the things that you tell me to do or ask out of me or whatever that is, but I just know that you're my mom, you're my dad, I love you, and I'm sorry. When's the last time you did that, and what could that do? Parents, when's the last time you sat down with your kids and, and said, you know what, mom, dad, I didn't want to talk to you that way. I, di- I didn't want to talk to you that way. That's not the kind of parent that I want to be, you know, emotions get involved, things like that, but I just want to say that I'm sorry. When's the last time that we've done that? That is doing your part. I, I was, as we were studying this week, or as I was studying this week and preparing this, there was three Proverbs that came up that, that I just have to share with you guys really quick. It's very interesting in this resolving conflict because it kind of shows us where it can come from it, is we, when we're doing our part. So Proverbs 29, 22 says this. It says, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So an angry person stirs up conflict. Angry, bitter, holding that on forgiveness, like, like has a tendency to stir up conflicts. And a hot-tempered person, somebody that steps just like that, commits a whole bunch of sins. Interesting. Very, I mean, we, I don't think any of us can come up against that. And then Proverbs 16, 28 says this, a perverse person stirs up conflict. A gossip separates cold, cold, uh, close friends. So if it's always a four-letter word, if it's always a, a, a disgusting joke, if it's always just something tainted, you're going to have more conflict around you or be uh, uh, susceptible to more conflict. If it's always like, hey, I got something to tell you about this person, like it's, it's really, you know, it's not too much of a huge deal, but I just feel like you should know, you're going to see conflict and friends are going to separate and there's not going to be unity. It's going to hurt things. These are just realities that I think we understand in life, but we need to hear them sometimes. Proverbs 28, 25 says this, the greedy or the selfish stir up conflict, but those who trust the Lord will prosper. I want you to notice something in all three of these Proverbs, the constant there is that a blank person stirs up conflict. A blank person, if you're an angry person, if it's, again, kind of the perverse person, if it's selfishness, if it's, if it's gossiping, if those things are present in your life, let me say something very quickly that I love to say often. This is not a message to bring, like, weight on you and make you feel guilty or shame, but maybe if you're in this spot right now as I'm talking about that, and you're like, ooh, that is me. And trust me, I got hit in the face with this message this week. I promise you guys. And I'm your pastor. I might not even supposed to tell you that stuff, right? But I got hit in the face with some of this stuff. I mean it. But if that's you, sometimes that heaviness, it's called conviction. And conviction is not to keep you in shame. It's not to keep you in guilt. It's not to, to keep you away from the local church or isolate yourself. Conviction is actually to move you to say, wow, I see that in my life, and I need to get rid of that. And so I'm going to repent, I'm going to ask forgiveness, I'm going to turn away from that, and I don't want to go back on that. That's what that conviction is, that's what that heaviness is. So it's not about shame, it's about maybe looking in the mirror and just recognizing a place that you can change. You can change. You're not alone. And if that's you, if, if you feel like, you know, I'm constantly surrounded by 
uh, selfish people or I'm selfish or angry people or I'm angry or perverse people or I'm perverse or whatever that looks like, wherever you're at, gossiping, maybe you just pull a pastor aside. Talk to Pastor Tim. Talk to myself. Pull somebody aside and just say, you know, I just need, I just need to talk to you about something. We don't need to know all your details or anything. Maybe we just pray with you. That's what we're here for. That's what the church is for is healing, to confess to one another so there can be healing. There's actually something that Titus has to say about what we do with people like that. And this is kind of like intense for a second, but, but we'll get there. So, so just stick with me, please. But Titus 3.10 has this to say. When you're up against people that stir conflict, when you're around people, it says this. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. Wow, that is like some serious harsh stuff because like I thought this was Christian life was about grace and, and things like that. Now let me put like some, some legs to that verse for one moment. If the person that's stirring up conflict is your spouse, this is not like anybody or scripture saying you need to run the other way or get them out of your life. What that would be saying is you guys need to, you need to talk to somebody. You need a mediator in your life. You need a pastor or a counselor and go get that and find healing, find resolution. Do not run the other way. However, there is some instances where, where we need to get away from some people that are causing this around us. And there was a, there's a book out there, it's called The Power of the Other by Henry Cloud. And Henry Cloud looked at this verse and he kind of had the same reaction that I just did. Like, it was like, wow, I mean, that's harsh. Like, you warn him once, you warn him twice, and that's like, see you later, man. Like, I'm not even going to be around you. Like, that just kind of seems pretty harsh. But then Henry Cloud, actually, he became this leadership consultant, and he dealt with CEOs, business owners, and, and he would go in and he would help resolve issues, like, in the workplace and in business and things like that. And he had this to say. It's not up there, but I'm going to read this to you. After he kind of looked at this verse and, and he had many years of, of helping uh, companies go through conflict, he said this. He said, I learned something. Divisive people cause more harm than whatever good they bring are worth. So divisive people actually totally hinder anything positive that they're bringing. That's really interesting. That, this is where it kind of started to strike me. The real issue is that people who habitually do this are not willing to look at themselves and try to resolve things. Instead, they prefer to get people to side with them and agree with them rather than to create unity and resolution. There's a little bit of truth there. I mean, do we know anybody like that? Please don't raise your hand or don't point at the person sitting next to you. We don't need any of that here this morning. But I mean, if you've ever worked in a place, if you've ever been around people, you probably know somebody like that. You've probably experienced that. And then he goes on further and he finishes with this in, in his book. He says, I cannot count the number of ugly situations I've been called to that finally resolved after the boss asked the divisive troublemaker to leave. So you, you get that conflict person out of there. You get that troublemaker, as, as he calls it, out of there. You get that 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 conflict stir gone and something changes and that's really what Titus is saying he's saying look at this because again going back to we understand that there's there's physical ailments that can come from this I mean that's crazy but there's also spiritual it can it can disconnect us 
from where God's trying to take us or who he's trying to help us to be. And what Titus is saying is, it's, it's not worth that. Get away from that. Don't stay in that situation. And if that's you, repent and change. Get it out of your life. Sorry. So the first way that we resolve conflict in our life is, if at all possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I would just ask you this one question for a thought on that little topic. is how much conflict is around you? How much conflict maybe do you feel like you're creating? Start thinking about that this week and move forward because we are to, if at possible, as far as it depends on us. Notice he doesn't say, well, it depends on how your spouse responded to you or the actions they took. No, it says on you, your part. Live at peace with everyone. Next one is uh, the other way that we can respond and, uh, to conflict is that we never repay evil with evil. Kind of feels like, uh, like you're sitting down with like mom this morning here or something like that, right? Like these little like tips or whatever, but it's so good. Because you never pay evil with e- you never repay evil with evil. The question is like what I would ask you, and again, no finger pointing here at anybody, but like who's your enemy? Who would you say is like an enemy? Like that's kind of harsh, but who's like that one person that you're like, nope, I just will, I will never uh, attempt a relationship. I'm never going to attempt to say I'm sorry. I'm never going to, you know, I don't want them around. If they were here right now, I would walk out the door. And here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you to do something kind for them this week. Some of you are like, no way, not a chance. You have no idea. First of all, there's legal issues involved, and I get that. But maybe the kind thing that you do is just pray for them. Maybe the kind thing that you do is, is give a third-party compliment about them and just say, man, I'm, I was praying for them this week, and maybe that gets back to them. I don't know. I just want to challenge you to do something kind for them. The reason I challenge you that is because I think that's a biblical way to look at this. When we look at Romans, um, we look at Romans 12, 20, and 21, it says, on the contrary. So every earthly thought in our mind would say our enemies deserve revenge, they deserve punishment, they deserve all this. But scripture says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. What's interesting is, I was watching this, this was about three weeks ago, and it was on, I think it was on YouTube or Facebook or something, I'm not really sure. Some of you may have seen this video, but it was a lengthy video, and, and right now, I guess there's a, there's a lot of issues with bullying, you know, with, especially like with young kids and things like that. And there was this video, and this guy had um, a, a younger girl on stage, and they were kind of like acting back and forth, and, and he was, uh, she was being a bully to him, and he's like, whatever I say, just keep attacking me, <laughs> which is like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Um, you know, so he's like, whatever, whatever I say, no matter how nice I am, just keep attacking me. And so she would attack him, like, I don't like your shirt, I don't like your hair. And he'd come back with, leave me alone, you're mean. And then, like, she'd just keep going and going and going and going. And, like, he didn't have anywhere to go. It just kept beating him down. And then he said, let's do this one more time. You keep attacking me, and no matter what I say, you keep attacking me. And so she's like, I don't like your hair. And he's like, yeah, I know your hair's a lot better than mine. I I can't really afford gray hair. And she's kind of like, yeah, and you're, you're poor. And he's like, yeah, I know, like, I'm poor, and must be nice to have a lot of money and and she tried coming back with something like she had nowhere to go 
she just had like nowhere to go because he was like being kind and he wasn't leaving that window of like the bullies getting to me. It just really resonated with me when I saw that, you know, because a lot of us, we, we, we do think that other way, that, that our enemy, it's about, it's about fighting and, and, and continuing to stir that up. But what this scripture is talking about is a lot like what that video was saying is, maybe just turn that around to kindness. This is what I love about God. He totally goes the opposite way of like our natural like want. He goes against the current. He would not be the guy coasting down the rapids this way. He'd be like wading up this way and like, yep, we'll get there. He's just different that way. Something about that I trust. And he says your enemy needs to be fed when they're hungry. Feed them. Give them something to drink. You want to know why? Because God understands that unforgiveness, that a revengeful spirit, is like us drinking poison, expecting that person to be harmed by it. It only hurts us. And our God wants us healthy. He cares about you deeply. And that's why we have verses like this to teach us. James puts it this way, James 1, 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. When we're angry, when we're stirring up conflict, when we're, when we're perverse, when we're, when we're gossipy, when we're, when we're just worried all the time, when we're avoiding, when we're spewing, when we're ranting, that's not producing the right living that God desires for you. He came that you would have life and you would have it to the fullest. That's what he wants for your life. With this stirring of conflict, he knows that you can't get there. He wants to take you there. So he says things like, all of us should be slow to speak, quick to listen. You know, sometimes I just, I, I am, I'm, I'm kind of that, that, that spewer guy, like not like I'm going to attack you verbally, but I just, I want to say what I want to say and you're going to listen. And I've gotten really good at understanding that that just doesn't work and have a good outcome, no matter who I'm talking to. And so what I do is, if I, if I feel that, you know, it's getting to that point where I want to have some conflict or whatever, and, and I don't think I'm going to handle it well, I'll just kind of like zip my lip and like go on a walk for a minute, you know? Um, I actually had to do this, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter who, it doesn't even matter about what, but I was, I was preaching, and I said something, um, not going to even bring up what I said, but I said something kind of as a joke, and, um, and it, was, it was a joke, but there was a person that just didn't really like the, the angle that I went, and, and so they shot me an email, and that's okay. Like, we got to talk about those things. I need to um, be encouraged that way, too, and, and, and learn. And so I read this, and, and what it came into is it kind of started off like, hey, you said this, and it wasn't, like, the greatest thing to say, but then it just turned into, like, and, I mean, it was like this kind of, like, I'm going to really spew out here, like, and if you can't do this, you should find another job, and, like, what do you think, who do you think you are, and blah, blah, I mean, it, was, it, it like, went from, like, hey, I want to give you some, like, criticism that's going to help you, to, like, I'm just going to attack you, and, 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 like, and this is why, and then, so I'm, like, kind of, as I'm reading this, I'm, like, oh, yeah, and I'm, like, kind of getting, you know, like, yeah, all right, I, I can come back at this one. And I just knew, like, if I would type an email back to that, 
I would be like, you know, hitting my keyboard, like, oh yeah, this is good. And I'd be like getting in my little word document to see like what, what words are appropriate, but just enough to kind of, you know, give them the little, that would be like my flesh. That's where I go. I'm a human being. Like we're all messed up like that, right? Like we have that messiness sometimes. But I just was like, you know what? I need to be more mature about this, which is a hard thing for me sometimes. And I just gave it a couple days. I'm like, I'm just not going to respond. But I promise you, it's something as simple as that. I was just laying up at night and I'm like, man, I really hurt somebody with that. But then I'd go over in anger and be like, yeah, but how dare they, you know? And, you know, you just kind of go back and forth and you're rolling in your bed and you're just, you're not sleeping. But, but I did whatever I could on my part when I responded to that email to say, man, that was not my intention. I think you know that. But definitely I, I have heard you. I will work on those things. And I just left it as like, I received that. I don't really want to say anything back other than I'm sorry. And it kind of just resolved, and I actually even got a thank you from that person after that. So I could have just kept that thing going, and somebody probably would have not come back, maybe said something about me, you know, around town, or whatever that looks like. It could have just gone a place it didn't need to go. And so sometimes we just got to take that breather, and that's where James is talking about everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Some of us, and this is where I feel, when I, when I look around and I'm, I'm out in the world or I'm, you know, watching the news or whatever, I just, I feel like people are almost waiting to be angry, waiting to be offended because they just can't wait to start doing this. I don't know, maybe I'm alone in that, but that's really like the culture that I feel like we live in. I feel like there's just people that they just can't wait because they want to come with their thoughts, with their opinion. And what God is telling us as a Christians, as people who follow Jesus, is like fight against those urges. Be slow to speak. Don't become angry at somebody that like kind of comes against your thoughts and maybe your morals and things like that. Be slow to speak, slow to get angry, and walk into that a different way. Because I have something different for you guys. You don't have to have all that rage and worry and anxiety, and I love that. Thank you, God, for giving us these verses to help us and heal us. The last thing is to do your part and leave the rest to God. Do your part, leave the rest to God. Trust God in this. I, I love this because here's the deal. This is where it just gets real, all right? There's people in here, in your life, you have been hurt by somebody that you trust very much in a very deep way that is not as easy as just saying, okay, I'm just going to let that go. And, and, and you're like, where is the, the vengeance? Nothing happened. Nobody really said anything. They got a little bit mad at that person, and then it just kind of went away. And here I am stuck with all these memories, these emotions. And I get that. There's scriptures that talk about the martyred in heaven that are, that are kind of crying out to God, like, when's our time? When are you going to go back and, and avenge us? Like, like, we died for you. Like, when is this? It's a very real emotion. It's a very real emotion. This is what God has to say to us, or God's word has to say to us in Romans 12, 19. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. <laughs> that's like intense. I don't know, that's really cool. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now again, that doesn't really sound like the, the God that we're talking about, this graceful God, but what he's saying is, I'm a just God, and what needs to happen will happen. 
but I don't want it to break you. That didn't happen so it could crush you. In that, I want you to trust me so I can show you how powerful, how kind, how unconditional my love is and how, unforgive, or how forgiving that I can be to you. I want to show you those things. Revenge is not yours to take. Lay it down at my feet. Put it at the cross. Trust me with this. It's mine to take, and he will. I just think that that's incredible. Do your part. Do your part. Whatever is possible to live in this without conflict, to do whatever you have to do when it arises, right? And trust God that he'll do the rest. Would you guys stand with me this morning if you can? If you're willing. God's good. I truly mean it. I love you guys. You know, one of the, one of the things that I um, am really trying to do is just spend time with you guys. You know, we have some things going on where we are always, our mission is to reach more people for Christ. And, and we need everybody here today whether you're a first time, a second time, this is going to be your only time, we still need you to help us spread the word about a church that wants to serve this community, that wants to lead people to Jesus. And so that's, that's a big part of what we do. I, I plan that. I, I spend time like thinking about leading and, and, and future vision and things like that. But one of my goals this year is just to spend more time with each of you guys. And so if, if you want that time, I'm available and, and I want to talk to you about that. Let's have coffee, have an office now. Um, again, I will clear my schedule for food. I want to just tell you that. I love food. Food is a good thing. I like it. Um, so, yeah, let's do lunch. Let's do things. But I'm just excited to see what God's doing. And here's my promise to you guys. There's a couple. Number one is I will always pray for you guys. Number two is I'll never lie to you guys. I know that's easy for me to come up and say, but I'm not going to. If we're hurting financially as a church, I'm going to tell you. If we're hurting for volunteers as a church, I'm going to tell you. If I'm struggling, I'm going to tell you, or I'm going to tell somebody. Okay? I'm not going to lie to you guys. And then the third thing is, I'm always going to bring a message that can take us one step closer to Jesus. Just one step closer. I prepare these messages with the thought that we can all go and put this into action. The, the thing that devastates me the most is when I hear that, you know, people will come on a Sunday morning and less than 1% of people that come on a Sunday morning conver- uh, uh, service are converted to Jesus. I just think that, like, that is just such a loss. That's such a, a shame. So it's my goal to present steps that we can just take one step. And so here's your action step this week. It may seem simple, but I think it'll bring this whole message back time and time again, is memorize, put in your heart, so you can meditate on it day and night. Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Romans twelve eighteen. Say it over and over. Put it on your put it on your dashboard. Put it on your computer at work. You know, uh, get a little uh, notification on your phone. Whatever it is, memorize that verse. Let it be real in your heart, because I want to be a part of something that moves forward and builds the kingdom of God, and helps change this neighborhood and this city. Don't you? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We, we recognize how good your word is. We recognize how good you are. 
Conflict is a real thing. And just because we hear a message and we hear some good uh, verses about that doesn't mean that we're going to go and walk out this door and all the conflict and criticism in our life is going to go away. In fact, for some of us, it's going to come on stronger than ever. But we thank you that you're a never-changing God, that you're good yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that you care for us deeply. You know who we are. You know what we need. And you give us that truth that we can hold on to Lord, I pray desperately that we become a church, that we become a group of believers that sees the future, that sees what can happen in a city when we confess to you for forgiveness and confess to one another for healing, when we decide, when we make the choice to live a unified life with one another, when we decide that we want to shed off the things that, that stir up conflict in our lives and, and people around us, and we want to live a different life, a life that is in this world but not of this world. It's heavenly. Lord, I just pray that we're brave this week, that we're bold when we need to be bold, and that we ask to bring somebody to a service in hopes that it changes their life forever, it changes the course of their life. We just love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the work that you're doing ahead of us. We just desperately want to follow you. This is your church. This is your city. Show us, guide us. We're here. Use us. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. Invite somebody. Bring somebody next week, 10 a.m. right here. Enjoy some coffee. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to add us to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Engage Duluth on Facebook and on the web at EngageChurchDuluth.com. See ya.